0: Well, we're excited. We wanted to do a worship ni- <clears throat> worship night uh, as we ended the fast, because uh, you know most of you know uh, we're in a 21 day corporate <clears throat> corporate fast right now. And when Sid and I were talking, we're just like, "What if we ended?" Pretty much, I mean, it's the 21st. The fast ends on the 22nd. But what if we ended with a worship night? Uh, and so I just encourage you guys to come out. Uh, you know, the family room will be open. It's I mean you can move around, you can worship up front, you can walk around the back. You know, it's just an amazing time uh, of being in his presence. And I would tell you, too, um, last when we did the worship and prayer night, which this is going to be a little bit different than that, uh, the Lord has really been speaking. And I know he's really been speaking to a lot of us during this time uh, over these 21 days as we kick off 2022. So I just encourage you to come out and celebrate and worship the Lord um, uh, this Friday night, so that 's going to be great. Then the other two quick things that I have is uh, giving statements are available in the lobby. Uh, so Tammy will be out there. Uh, everyone knows Tammy or most people know Tammy. Uh, she will be out there in the lobby after church. Uh, so if she didn't catch you on the way in, uh, catch her on the way out. it's right by the Love Never Fails sign on uh, the wreath right there. And you can pick up your giving statement uh, there uh, this afternoon right after church is over. And then the other announcement I have is I wanted to let you guys know there are many ways to give. Uh, A lot of us give, you know, in writing the check or writing on our offering envelope and bringing it up here. Uh, But I do want to inform you guys that there's two other, actually three other ways really to give. You can give on our website. Uh, Online there's also an app that's available called Church Center app uh, that you can give to. And then you can also text to give. Uh, you just got to type in 84321, hit send, uh, any dollar amount. And then the very first time you do it, you kind of walk through a process of getting it set up. But once it's set up, you literally can give your tithe. I know this is what our, our Grace has been doing recently. As soon as she gets the, uh, her paycheck, she opens up her app and she puts in the number, hit send, and she's, she's tithing. Uh, and so there's a lot of different ways to give. So I just wanted to encourage you. I've tried each of these methods this week. I went through, so they all do work, uh, and they are, once you get them set up, the first time takes a little bit of time, but once you have them set up, I mean, it's very quick uh, and easy to go do. Uh, yes? Which way is the best way to give in regards to fees? Yeah, so then the, uh, another comment is, uh, uh, Pastor Liz was asking the question, what's the best way to give for fees? Uh, there's two ways they give you options to give online, either through a credit card or setting up an ACH process, which would be a direct, you know, debit out of your bank account. It's only 25 cents when you'd use the ACH or the direct debit process, which is actually very inexpensive to process. Credit card fees are usually like 3% uh, when you do it. So it's much easier, once you get it set up, it takes a little longer, once you get your bank set up uh, in the app or through the text messaging, uh, then it's just a 25 cent uh, charge. Uh, that the church ends up picking up. So it's much easier to do it that way for us in the, in the long run. So, okay, I want to, uh, we're going to pray over our offerings. I've got a scripture here uh, that I want to talk about out of Malachi 3. Malachi 3. Uh, many of you, <clears throat> many of you know this scripture, or have heard it before. Uh, I want to read a little bit more of this verse here before we pray over the giving here. I'm going to start in verse 8 this morning. Very end of the Old Testament. If you're looking for it in your Bible, it says, "Will a man rob God?" Whew. I don't know about you, but that, capt- that catches my attention. Will a man rob God? Gets my attention real quick. Yet you have robbed me, but you say, "In what way have we robbed you?" And he answers, "In tithes and in offerings." And it's just like, man, there's some. That's some pretty, pretty strong wording. And I know we as a church, we are a very uh, giving church. Uh, We have been taught through the past 30-some years of our church on the importance of tithing. But what this is actually saying is when we are not tithing, the Lord is actually saying that first 10% is mine. You you, actually don't have an option with that first 10%. It's actually mine, says the Lord. And this is what this verse is saying is not only that... The Lord sees this as robbing him when we don't bring the full 10% to him. And when I, every time I read that, it just really catches my attention. It says, whoa, I think I wrote down here, those are some big words. Those are some big words. And there's been a lot of talks like, well, you know, that was the Old Testament. Now in the New Testament, well, there's nowhere in the New Testament that Jesus has come and says, don't tithe. Nowhere does he come and say, it, don't tithe. Actually, in fact, he talks about tithing a couple of times. And so at the end of the day, the, the New Testament doesn't get rid of the tithing and the requirements for tithing. Verse 9 says this, it says, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. So not only is it, he sees it as robbing, he then, there's actually like a curse that is there as well. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, verse 10, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And we fast forward to the New Testament. It says, you know, don't worry about money. Don't worry about what you will wear, what you will eat. And the Lord is commanding us right here. says, bring the tithe. There will be food in your house. And I have challenged people over and over and over and over. And the Lord says, challenge me in this. Challenge me in this. We don't give so we can get back. We give because of who God is and how he is a blessing to us and how he loves us and how he cares for us. He says here in the next part of the verse, now try me in this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. This is is something the Lord has has a promise and there's an outcome with it. And it's really amazing. And to me, we were talking last week about overflow, that sure sounds like overflow to me, does it not? Not enough room to receive it? You can't even contain all that God is blessing? That feels like overflow to me. I believe 2022 will be a year of overflow in a lot of different ways, not just financially. But I believe that overflow is not so that we can hold on to this, but so that we can share in the blessings. Because if you think, of what, what is overflow, actually? If you have a cup and it's overflowing, you can't contain it. You can't contain it. And it's getting on everything everywhere, does it not? And in this case, that's a good thing. We, that overflow that God is promising and coming, I believe it, is be, it's actually getting on everything. And I want that overflow blessing to be getting on it. I'm talking about relationships. I'm talking about finances. I'm talking about our marriages. I'm talking about our children. Overflow. It's getting on everything. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your faithfulness, Lord. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that this will be a year of overflow. Lord, that we will not be able to contain it, Lord. Father, I just thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness in our finances. Father, we just, we come before you with our tithes and offerings, presenting them to you. And so, Lord, help us to continue to be good stewards with what you've given us in a distribution center for all the things that you've blessed us with. And, Father, as we listen to your message this morning, Lord, that you would open our ears and our eyes to understand more of who you are and how much you love us and care for us. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. Open up your Bibles to Acts chapter 2. And I'm going to read starting in verse 42. And we've been doing a series at the beginning of the year called Awakening. And we're linking this awakening to being awakened of the spiritual disciplines that God has for us. And he reveals them to us in his scripture. And there's a bunch of them. And, and the first thing we want to do is, what did the early church do? And so we're going to read this passage of scripture. And then I'm going to show you, on a, we have a slide that I'm going to put up. Uh, ...that has those spiritual disciplines listed. It says this... ...and they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship... ...and in the breaking of bread and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul... ...and many wonders and signs were done through the prophets. Now all who believed were together and had all things in common... And sold their possessions and goods and divided them among all as anyone had need. Verse 46, so continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who we're being saved. So what we can see in there, there's a listing. And uh, Paul, if you want to bring up that, that slide. There's a listing of spiritual disciplines that are directly And now You can take your phone out if you want to take a picture of that. I'll leave it up here for a few minutes if you want to write them down. But these spiritual disciplines are seen just in this portion of scripture in Acts chapter 2. And what I find amazing is what a spiritual discipline is. It's something that the Lord leads us in, teaches us in, is revealed to us in the Bible. And it's actually there to help us. It's, the spiritual discipline is not for him. The spiritual discipline is for us. And if you look at these, they're in no particular order. But all of these were found just in that portion of scripture. Giving. Studying God's word. Worship. Church attendance, home fellowship, serving, breaking bread together, and praying. That was the model of the early church. That is the model for Erie Christian Fellowship Church. What I want each of us is to be practicing every one of these spiritual disciplines and growing in them over the course of time. That is my goal for this series, is to explain each one of those spiritual disciplines. We're going to be talking about prayer again. Uh, this morning we talked about corporate prayer and fasting. Last week we're going to be talking about kind of individual prayer this morning and what that looks like and how do we actually do it. There's so many verses on prayer, I kind of want to walk through that. But as I see these spiritual disciplines, and I don't know if there's a good analogy or not, I hope you guys understand, it. it's like baking a cake. How many have ever baked a cake or have seen a recipe or know about baking a cake, have seen someone bake a cake, have eaten a piece of cake? Okay, I got everybody in some way, shape, or form. But this cake, these are like the ingredients for the cake. And when all of the ingredients are properly mixed in with the cake, guess what? It's a beautiful, wonderful, amazing tasting cake. And here's what I've noticed is that in my own life, when I'm not walking in any one of these whether it be circumstances, timing, whatever the issue might be, is I still have a cake, and the cake is still decent, but the cake is not as good as it could be. You understand that? It's not as good as it could be. But having every one of these components in our life, we can go through all of this and never worship. We're missing something. It's a great, studying the word of God is great. Fellowshiping together is great. But if you're not worshiping also, you're missing something. And I don't want to put overemphasis on any one of these, but they're all important. And we should be growing in every single one of those. Whether it be prayer, whether it be serving, whether it be breaking bread together. Whether it's studying God's word, whether it's worship. Whatever it might be. Last week we talked about corporate prayer and fasting And the Lord really was moving mightily. We looked at 2 Chronicles 20. And I'm not going to go back there uh, today. And then we went into Acts chapter 12. And I want to kind of pick up where we left off last week. We were talking about Peter, who was in prison. And the church came together and prayed. And they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And I talked about what happens when we pray. We're going to talk about how to pray this morning. What happens when we pray? When we pray, God sends supernatural help. When we pray, God sends supernatural help. And in the story we looked at last week, God sent an angel and he sent light into that prison where Peter was. The church was praying, they were fervently praying for Peter. And the Bible says that Herod was going to bring him out. Not a good sign. When the king who's not happy with you is going to bring you out of prison, it's not a good sign. And the church was praying. When we pray, God sends supernatural. When we pray, he wakes someone up. And many times when we pray, he wakes us up. Sometimes he just wakes us up. And then we talked about Pastor Jim and the amazing miracle that the church literally... We were doing what was shown here is in Acts chapter 12 is what we were looking at last week. When the church gathered and we began to pray, we began to speak the word of God, we began to do that corporately, he literally woke somebody up. In this case, he woke up Pastor Jim out of a six-day coma. And it was a miracle. God sent his work and his engine. He, he woke somebody up. And when we pray, then we begin to see that miracle in the natural. And this is where we left off. So I'm going to start in verse 8. Acts 12, verse 8. This is where we left off. Then an angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie your sandals. And so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garments and follow me. So the angel wakes up Peter, wakes him up, and then he gives him some instructions to go do. Do you know that when we pray, God gives us instructions when we pray. God gives us instructions when we pray. And if we would just wait for a second, if we would just pray and then be still for a second, and allow God to speak to us and give us some instructions on what he wants us to go do. And if you look at this verse, is Peter was obedient. Peter was obedient. The angel showed up. He said, do this, do that, do this, do that. He was obedient. Verse 9, Acts 12, verse 9. And they went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, and thought he was seeing a vision. And then when they were past the first and second guard posts, God's doing more and more miracles. If you notice here, the first miracle was the chains coming off. The second miracle, the miracle after miracle began to happen. They came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them on its own accord. How many of you walked up to an iron gate and just opened on its own accord? I haven't. But the church was praying. People were praying and miracles were happening. They opened, it opened to them and they went out and they went down the street and immediately the angel departed from him. And here's what I found very interesting about this the church did not stop praying when the chains came off. The church didn't have any idea that the chains came off yet. The church had, they were upstairs praying. Everything else that was happening, they had no idea that any of this was occurring. And so what I'd like to share with you this morning is, even when you start to see God moving in a situation, don't stop praying about it. Continue to seek God in it. Continue to seek Him in it. What do you have, Lord? What do you have? And then be obedient to everything that He goes and tells you to go do. Even when it seems a little bit crazy. And when Peter had come to himself, verse 11, he said, Now I know for certain the Lord has sent his angel and has delivered me from the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of the Jewish people, certainty comes. So how do we pray? How do we pray? I'm going to talk about that this morning. How do we pray? And here's what I think we get mixed up in, at least I do. There are a lot of specific prayers that the Bible talks about. There's the prayer of intercession. There's a prayer of agreement. There's a prayer of worship. There's a prayer of uh, consecration. There's a united prayer. And for me personally, sometimes I'm just like, well, which prayer am I supposed to use in which situation? I want us this morning to not worry about any of that stuff. I want to share with you this morning just how to pray. Straight up, how to pray. I'm not going through the list of all the different types of prayers and doing a major teaching on all those things. That's more of like a Bible study time frame. What I want to talk about this morning is how do we pray? The most notable people in the Bible prayed. How many know Jesus prayed? Jesus prayed. Wait, 100% God, 100% man. This, this is like, I, he had, wait a minute, he had to pray? Why do we think that we can go through life without praying when Jesus Christ himself, when he was on this earth, got away and prayed? He got away often and prayed. He had a life of prayer. He had a life where he constantly, it says in the Bible, over and over and over and over, he got away and prayed. He got away and prayed. After his first message, he got away and prayed. He got away and prayed. Jesus Christ, the son of God, needed to go off and pray. We see Paul all throughout the New Testament praying. Martin Luther said this, "I have so much business, I cannot get on without spending 3 hours in prayer." Imagine if we thought of our lives. Like, look, I'm not saying y'all got to go spend 3 hours in prayer, but what Martin Luther was saying is like, wait a second, There is so much that I have to go do that I cannot do on my own. What if I took a little extra time and took it to the Lord in prayer? I I mean, I I wish we all would live that way. I wish I would live that way. I want to live more that way. The more I have to go do, what if I took more time in prayer before attempting to do any of it? Because here's what I found out is when we pray and we're still enough, to hear God and hear what he has to say to us. He gives us the direction. By his Holy Spirit, he leads us and guides us and makes all those things that we thought we had to go do that were so difficult. He begins to make a way to do those things. You say, well, what about me? I'm a mom with young kids. I, have, I don't have any time to pray. We get it. We've lived that. We've got, you know, we had multiple toddlers in the house. But the Bible also says about praying continuously. When you get up, when you lay down, when you're in the car, while you're walking in the field, wherever you're going, there's an opportunity to have communion and discussion with God. Because what is prayer? Ultimately, it's a discussion with God. It's a conversation with the living God. The King of kings, the Lord of lords, Jesus paved a way that we can speak directly to the Father in his name. I mean, what an amazing thing we have. What an amazing opportunity that we have. I believe when we pray, things change. When we pray, things change. The Bible says we are co-laborers with him. 1 Corinthians 3 says this, For we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. We are in partnership with him. If you can see in Exodus 32, Moses is praying and pleading for his people. So the Lord relented from the harm in which he said he would do to his people. You think that has something to do with how Moses was praying? Absolutely does. So prayer is effective. Prayer works. Prayer Man, I've read many times that the uh, theologians talk about how prayer really is, is, is us, our communion with God. How it, how it actually can move God. Not in any way that's against his will, because that can never happen. But when we pray, he moves and he works. So this prayer is communion with God. So how do we do it? Number one. Number one is we pave the way with forgiveness. You're like, wait a second. I thought you were going to talk to me about how to pray. I am. I actually am. And I put this one first because I believe that it's, it's one of the most important things. He's talking about casting your care on him, for he cares for you. But the very first thing that Jesus begins teaching us about prayer is that we have to pave the way with our prayers with forgiveness first. If you have anything against anyone, go forgive them. Before you even begin praying, before you bring your tithes and offerings, we must forgive. Mark eleven twenty five 25 says this. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. When you're praying, when you're standing praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him. That your Father in heaven may also forgive your trespasses. Sounds like something pretty important. How many have had some trespasses in our lives? You don't have to raise your hand. Okay, yeah. Honesty. Yeah. It says that. So, for your Father, I may also forgive. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. So, the very first thing we have to go do when we're talking about how do we pray is we got to check our hearts. We got to check our hearts and say, Lord, I'm here. Pave the way with forgiveness. Number two, we have to pray from our heart. Pray from your heart. And I think too many of us, we get wrapped up in what do I say and exactly how do I say it. What if I use the wrong words? What if it's like I'm praying but I'm not really praying in faith because of the words that I'm saying? And you begin to get all torqued up about what you're saying. My advice here to you is just pray from your heart. He already knows what you're thinking. He already knows what's going on in your life. Just share it with him. Talk with him in a regular language, not, oh, thou, this dear Lord. I mean, if that's how you want to pray, that's okay. But you don't have to go King James Version on your prayers. It can be New Living Translation. It can be the Message Bible Prayer. It can just be conversation with him. And I think we think of prayer as being I got to be on my knees, alone in a closet, and I need to say a certain words in a certain order so that He may hear me. And what I'm telling you here this morning is there is value in that, absolutely. But what I'm telling you is, he, is a, he wants a relationship with you, and a relationship is just sharing from your heart. And we want to do that not in vain repetition. Don't worry about getting it perfect. He already knows. Mark, or Matthew 6 says this. This is Jesus teaching about the Lord's Prayer. Before he gets into the Lord's Prayer, he says this. But you, when you pray, go into your room. So he said, there's, there's value of getting away in this. But the value in this scripture, what he's talking about, is don't do it in vain repetition. Don't just sit there, go to that prayer room, go in the prayer closet, and then just begin to mumble something over over because you heard it said before praying from our heart. When you shut the door, pray to your Father in the secret place, and your Father who sees you in secret will reward you openly. And when you pray, verse 7, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Therefore, do not be like them, for your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. He already knows he just wants to have a relationship with you. Prayer is a communication and a relationship with him. In verse 9, it says, In this manner, therefore, pray. And it begins to talk about the Lord's Prayer. I actually might discuss that a little bit next week. What the Lord's Prayer, what that Lord's Prayer really means. And what are we saying when we say it? Because I don't want us to say it in vain repetition. I don't want us to just say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come to I want us to know what we're saying and why we're saying it, not in vain repetition. Number three. So we pave the way with forgiveness. We pray from our heart. Number three is we pray often and with thanksgiving. We pray often and with thanksgiving. I love this verse in 1 Thessalonians 5. It's like a, uh, it's like a Thanksgiving sandwich. I call it the Thanksgiving sandwich. It says this. Rejoice always. Give thanks, rejoice always, pray without ceasing, pray constantly, continue to come to the Lord, continue to have communion with him when you're in the car, when you're in the shower, when you're, whatever you're doing, continue to put the Lord at the forefront. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. A Thanksgiving sandwich. Thankfulness here. Thank him, talk with him, and thank him again. Thank him, talk with him, thank him again. Number four, this is, I believe, probably one of the most, well, they're all important. Present your request, then be quiet. This, I think, is hard for us. It's hard for me. I want to keep moving on. I want to go quickly. I ain't got time to wait around for a bunch of answers. And we miss what the Lord is trying to go say because we're not quiet for a little bit. If you think of what a relationship is, a relationship is a two-way conversation. I've never had a deep relationship with anybody when only I've done the talking and they've never responded. And I've never had a deep relationship with someone where only they did the talking and I never responded. But a relationship with God is a two-way communication street. And so during our times of prayer, when we present the request, whatever it is, whatever the situation is... Can we just be quiet for a few minutes? I think that's why the Lord encouraged us to try to get away for a little bit to pray. I know sometimes that's hard. But if we can just pray, present the request, and then be quiet. Philippians 4 says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. When I see that peace, I think quiet. I don't know about you, but in our house, there's a lot of noise. And when it's quiet, it feels peaceful. And what this is saying is when we present our request to the Lord with thanksgiving, we make it known The peace then comes. Peace comes in the quiet. Be still and know that I am the Lord, is what he says. Number five, we have to pray in Faith. We have to believe God is who He says He is and will do what He says He will do. Praying in faith. We have to believe God it will move. We believe God is moving. Even when we don't see it, He's working. Even when we don't feel it, He's working. We must believe that He will answer our prayer. It may not be exactly the way we wanted it to be answered. How many know that has happened in our lives? Too often sometimes, he answers it not the same way that we wish it would have been answered. And so we can't can't have the solution in our head. We say, Lord, here's the request. Here's what's going on in my life. We have to pray in faith. Mark 11, 22 says this. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and cast in the sea but does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them. We have to pray in faith. Do you know that my kids have a thousand requests a day? Probably a thousand an hour but not one of those requests do they present to me thinking that I won't answer them in some way, shape, or form. And I always think of the faith of a child. They ask for lunch. What do I do? I provide them lunch. What do you think our Heavenly Father does for us? When we have a request, when we have a care, when we have a concern, He is moving and working because He loves us. And he cares for us. The faith of a child. My kids, they have no doubt when they come to ask me for help that I will help them. And the interesting thing about our relationship is I may not be able to, I may not actually do what they want me to go do exactly when they want me to go do it. How many know that's how the Lord sometimes is as well with us, right? His timing, his will, not the way we want it necessarily. Not the answer we always wish we wanted to get from him. But he cares for us, and he loves us. So position yourself to receive. Thank him for it. When we pray in faith, begin thanking him for the answer before you even get the answer. Begin thanking him and seeing the answer to that prayer request because we walk by faith and not by sight. You know, I personally am going through a time of prayer with the Lord, where I'm presenting something to Him, it feels like it's a fairly impossible situation, and I begin to reflect and ask myself, "Lord, am I actually praying in faith, or am I just praying?" And I said, and I really felt like the Lord say, "Like, yeah, you can't actually pray for faith. How many understand that? You understand what I'm saying? You can pray in faith, but you can't pray for faith because faith comes by what." By hearing and hearing the word of God. And looking at scripture and, and listening to scripture and listening to preach. That's how faith comes. So the interesting thing is the Lord was just like, no. Actually, your faith is not where it needs to be for this situation. So you know what I began to do? I began to look at every verse that applied to that situation. I began to take, I actually went up to the church office. And I, I grabbed, I don't know, I mean, I, got a, I had a Forever 21 bag. And I put about 15 books in this bag and I lugged them home. And I started reading through every book, every word I could find to build my faith for the situation in which I was faced with. Because I want to pray in faith. Because the Bible says when we pray in faith, we receive. And so I want to build my faith up for the situation that I'm faced with. In whatever situation you're faced with, the word has answers. The word has things and promises in there that you can go to and you can read them and you can meditate on those. And they actually build your faith for praying to him. Number six, pray according to his will. Pray according to his will. What is his will? It's his word. You want to know what he wants to do in a certain situation? Find the scripture that goes with it. Find the promise that relates to the request. In fact, when we don't know what to pray, we can pray scriptures back to God. You can actually take scriptures and just read them and say, Lord, I'm just communing with you here's some of the word, here's some of your word, and I'm just going to read it out loud back to you, Lord. There's nothing wrong with that. Isaiah 55:11 says this, So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to me void. You've got a situation and you're praying about it, you begin to speak the word of God about that situation. Use the scriptures, use the verses, because what this is telling me that that word does not come back void. But it shall accomplish what I please, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. Worship team, you want to come back up here? The last one here, number seven, is pray with the Holy Spirit. Allow the Holy Spirit to lead you. Allow the Holy Spirit to guide you. He will give you the words to say when you're not sure what to say. If you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, begin to use your prayer language while praying. Because many times we don't know exactly what to pray or how to pray it. But in Jude 20 says this, But you, beloved, building yourselves up on the most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Praying in the Holy Spirit. God will give you the words to say. I know there were seven points, it seems like a lot, but really prayer is just communion with him, a conversation with him, thanking him for who he is, presenting those requests to him, being still and quiet and listening for his answers, then thanking him again for what he's done, what he is doing, and what he will do in the future. Say, well, what about unanswered prayer, Pastor Jason? I've prayed things, and it had, not every one of them got answered. It's probably this a whole teaching on this. I'll, I'll make a couple comments on it. One, you have to ask the Lord, is there sin in my life that is blocking this prayer from being answered? <laughs> is there sin in my life? Is there, is there something in my life that is blocking the move of God in this situation? Maybe I'm in unbelief at the moment. I need to build my faith. Maybe we're praying for something that's not perfectly aligned with his will. And then maybe there are times where we're praying about something in which the Lord has already given us authority to deal with. And this has happened. I've seen it so many times in my life. I'm asking the Lord to do something in which he's already given me the authority and the power and the word of God to deal with already. And sometimes we have to be reminded on that that's a whole other teaching on authority. I'm probably gonna, I'll get to that maybe in a couple weeks. So as we leave this place today, I just want you to not feel any religious spirit about praying. That you would just see prayer as a time of communion with God. It's part of the the wonderful cake that we can bake. Yeah, you can read the word of God. Yes, we should worship. But we need to pray as well. Spend time with Him. Continue to ask that you would seek Him for that word for over your life for 2022. What word is it? What does He have for you? So I'm going to end church service a little different this morning. On Friday, I was just praying and seeking the Lord, and he just revealed this to me that we want to go do this. So if you could just stand with me this morning. What I was studying, what he revealed to me is the blessing. The blessing. And the blessing is found in Deuteronomy, well, it's found in a lot of places throughout the Bible. But Deuteronomy 28 specifically talks about the blessing. And what I want to do this morning is I want to read this passage of Scripture. And as I read this passage of Scripture, I want everybody to come up front. I want everybody to get out of your seats there's not a lot of us here this morning. It's fine. There's plenty of space up here. If you've got to be a little bit in the rows, that's fine. But I'm going to read this. And as I read it, I want you to listen to it. And receive the blessing of the Lord this morning. As we're going into 2022, receive the blessing of the Lord. And then we're going to sing that song, The Blessing. We're going to sing it together corporately as a church family right up here, up front, all together. Can we do that this morning? That's how we're going to end. So as I begin to read that, you can come up. Deuteronomy 28 says this, And it shall come to pass, and it shall come to pass, if you diligently obey the voice of the Lord your God to observe carefully all of his commands, which I command you today, that the Lord your God will set you high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and they will overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord your God blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the country blessed shall be the fruit of your body the produce of your ground and the increase of your herds the increase of your cattle and the offspring of your flocks blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in. Blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies to rise against you, to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way, and they shall flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command a blessing on you in your storehouses, and in all to which you set your hand. He will bless you in the land which the Lord God is giving you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, just as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, then all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord. And they shall be afraid of you, And the Lord will grant you plenty of goods in the fruit of your body, in the increase of your livestock, and in the produce of your ground, in the land in which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open to you his good treasure, the heavens, to give you the rain on the land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hand, all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, and you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you will be above and you will not be beneath. If you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, and are careful to observe them. So you shall not turn aside from any of the words which I commanded you this day, to the right or to the left, to go after other gods and serve them. So Father, we thank you for the blessing that comes from you. And Lord, as we sing this song corporately, collectively, Lord, that we seal the blessing that you have for us in this year, a blessing of overflow, of working and moving in our lives. We come to you with all the honor, all the praise, and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's worship him. Amen. Huh? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your blessing, for your favor. We thank you for your goodness. Just worship him, church. Just thank him. Just thank him. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Oh, Lord, we thank you. Oh, we thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We worship you. We worship you, Lord. Father, as we move through this year, Lord, we trust in you, our faith is in you. Our hope is in you. For you are a rock. You are our rock. We are firmly planted with you. And Lord, we thank you that you go out before us, to the left of us, to the right of us, behind us, in us, and through us, Father, we give this year to you. We present our request to you this morning. Lord, we give you 2022. We give you 2022. Have your way in our lives. Thank you, Lord.
1: As you go from this place this morning, let this be the moment marked for this year. When the Israelites, whenever they, whenever they won a great battle, they built an altar to, to the Lord of remembrance. Yeah. When Jason and I had three children, we had a conversation. Mm-hmm. That conversation became a mark in our marriage where I said, either we're done or you work less, help more, and we go big. <laughs> I'm happy either way. He said, I'm going to work less, help more, and we're going to go big. So that became a marker In our marriage, so anytime it got hard, anytime he felt weary, like this is just too hard, we'd go back to that conversation and say, We're in this together. We did this on purpose. We made a decision. We decided to trust God. You remember the conversation, and he'll tell you how many times do I reference that conversation. When he says, It's the middle of the night and the kid threw up, I'm just like, Conversation. It's all you, baby. Let this be a marker. Let this be. And alter unto the Lord that as you go from this place in the year of 2022, as enemies rise up against you, as the voice of the enemy rises up against you and says you can't, you say, I can. I received the blessing. That's right, Pastors Jason and Liz surrounded us on all sides. The blessing has been received by each and every one of you in this place, on this day. It is done. If you need a certificate, I will print it up for you and give it to you next week. I'm only kidding. I don't have time for that. It has been received today. Today. When the enemy tells you that you're not good enough, that what you've done is too much, Today, you have received the blessing, not based on what you've done, not based on on what you do, on how much money you make, on anything else but today. Today, you have received the blessing. Today, you have laid hold of it. Let today be a marker of 2022 as you go forth from this place.
0: Thank you, Jesus. So as you go forth, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you, Lord. We worship you. Let this be a marker today. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. There'll be some prayer teams up here that can pray with you. If you need prayer for anything, you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior. Whatever it is you need prayer, there'll be some teams up here that can pray with you. Otherwise, you are dismissed. See you Friday night, worship night. We're just beginning.